Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we are talking about ways that we can care for our communities. And our communities mean different things at different times in our life. And that's why we're going to talk about something that, uh, unfortunately, we all have to deal with at some point in time in our life. But how we deal with it, I think, is, uh, you know, it has a lot to do with how we continue to move on. And I'll explain. It'll make sense in a moment. So here's the question. When grief or a major transition takes over, your life might need to feel like it needs a reboot. And that's exactly what my guest is here to do. So Stacy Sassine is a certified grief coach and founder of a company called Epic Reboot. And through that, she can really help you. She understands the depths of grief and loss and has created a safe space to allow those navigating their grief journey to do some things that we all need to do no matter what, but especially during times of grief. And that's to unplug, reset recharge, and truly reboot. And her programs are built upon its sign- on a signature framework that helps people not just navigate grief, but transform themselves through the process. And it was a foundation for her own personal growth and has proven to be life-changing for many, many others. You know, here's the thing. She talks about it as being invited onto people's grief journey. And I think that's a really beautiful thing to think about. And through that, she customizes those steps that are the foundation of her program to meet the individual needs exactly where you are in the process and supporting you in changing your mindset and habits because those play into how well we heal and guides you to heal your body and mind and soul, allowing you the freedom to live a beautiful and more fulfilling life. And she says, grief doesn't always have to hold you back. It can be a catalyst to help you see life in new and more purposeful ways. So joining me today is Stacy. Thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I appreciate it. You know, um, it's interesting. So my podcast is a business podcast, but we have all these themes that are really designed to help us remember that we are whole people. We are not just business people. We're not just entrepreneurs. And uh, about this time last year, I had a guest on. And so I was doing this top 10 tips and like top 10 tips of anything. So I had my guests like, you tell me what your top 10 tips were. And I had this amazing woman who said my top 10 tips for surviving the sudden loss of your spouse. And that is still our number one most downloaded episode of all. And so we've had some other people talking about grief and processing. And I think that it's, it's really telling to me by the numbers that people will deal with these things in different ways, but don't always um, seek help and support when they can or should. So I know it's an important topic, so I can't wait to learn more from you. So, you know, I hit the highlights of your bio, but tell us a little bit more about you and your business and how you help through this process, people to shock their potential. Yes. Thank you. Um, so I feel like I've lived like three different lives already in my short life. 
Um, my early career really centered around uh, nonprofit leadership um, until I had a friend who showed me her, she was in sales and she showed me her paycheck and I was like, people make that much money. And she was one of those people that would like hang out by her pool and really not work that hard. And um, it, it really kind of prompted me. I said, well, I'd like money like that. I'd like an income like that. And I got into sales, mm -hmm. um, which led to sales leadership. And I spent the last 20 years of my life um, leading sales teams uh, for large corporations. Um, great, great career, great income, um, yeah. you know, not lacking anything there. But um, in late 2019, I decided to, um, take on a little project of having a book published that my mom wrote back in the early eighties. And mm. she wrote it to help a little boy who had lost his dad. His dad was actually my brother's or my father's best friend. Um, so it was a children's book about, um, the transformation of a caterpillar to a butterfly. And that story was really around what happens to us when we die and trying to help a young child understand what happened. And, um, she tried to get the book published back in the eighties, early eighties. It wasn't as easy to get a book self-published um, or published at all. Yeah, right. She got a lot of rejection um, and kind of put the book away. And then not too long later, after that, after she had written the book, she herself passed away. And so I was 16 years old when she when she passed. And um, fast forward to late 2019, I really wanted to um, give her this gift and publish the book in her honor. And so um, Caterpillars Can't Talk um, was the book that was published. And it's just beautiful. And my publisher was really encouraging me to think about how I wanted to bring the book to the world and what I wanted to accomplish with it beyond this. And, and keep in mind, this is when I'm still working full time. And I start looking around for um, children's grief organizations that I could potentially talk to about, um, about this book. And uh, there really weren't any in my area. And I found that really sad. And I started thinking about my own journey with grief when I was 16 years old and what I was lacking. And, you know, I always say that, you know, teenagers especially have this, like, it's the F word and I'm, I'm not going to swear on your show. I promise, <laughs> but it's the F word is fine. I'm fine. And they're not right. fine. We weren't right. fine. And so the book actually prompted me to start up my own nonprofit organization called 1 million monarchs. And we support teens who are grieving the loss of a parent or a sibling. So really intense, um, traumatic loss. Um, and then kind of continuing to grow and morph and say, well, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? Um, I decided I wanted to dedicate my life to helping people who had lost a close loved one. And so um, I work full time now with One Million Monarchs and Epic Reboot is sort of my own personal offering to support um, people along their grief journey. So um, it, it keeps me busy. Um, it's fulfilling. I find that helping people find purpose in their pain is so therapeutic for me as well. Mm -hmm. um, and just really, really critical work. We're just not good at supporting people in grief and I'm trying to help teach people how to do that. You know, and you're, you're so right. And first of all, when you said, talked about losing your mom at 16, the first thought that crossed my mind was, wow, how 
hard was that? That had to have been incredibly hard and painful. So I just want to acknowledge that. I can't even fathom that, but what a gift to then decide I need to help other people when they're in this journey, because adults, that's one thing and that's hard enough, but for children to not only know, I mean, we don't know what to say to other adults. We don't know what to say to grown adults that lose their grown older parents, you know? And so I think that the the whole idea of learning to not only help uh, young people process this, but to talk about it is really critically important, especially in our society today where teens and preteens don't do a lot of talking to their peers. They do a lot of texting or, you know, a lot of social media. There's a lot more dynamics that when, you know, existing today than when you were 16 and lost your mom. Right. That's, that's absolutely true. And the potential to, um, for a teen to kind of derail a little bit after a, a loss like that is really great. And it's hard enough to be a teenager these days, much less yeah. layering grief on top of it. So absolutely, it's, it's critical to support them. And I, I know too, that uh, in your bio, you know, you're talking about uh, working with youth that have lost, you know, a parent, a sibling or a friend. And that's, that is a huge issue. When I was uh, 16, almost 17, I lost a friend of mine in a car accident. And to this day, um, uh, whenever I go back to my hometown, I go visit his grave. I'm not a big one about grave, grave, uh, going to, to graveyards. I just don't, you know, cemeteries, whatever you call them. I don't really like that, but I'm drawn to it. And I still talk to him when I go. Um, and I think it's still my way of processing it this so many decades later. And I had a, you know, I mean, I, I had a great loving family, but nobody knew what to say to me when my friend died. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and the loss of a friend can have a, a very, very profound effect on a peer group in general. It doesn't even have to be somebody that was say your best friend, it just right. opens up this, um, this, this, this idea in a young person's mind that if that's possible, what else is possible? And it can be extremely, and that's why it's not for us to judge how close we, that person was to, to that individual who passed, but really, you know, how profoundly impacted they were by that loss. And, and, uh, you know, educators too need help in understanding how to support grieving children and teenagers. So it's another part of my busy schedule is really getting out and working with schools and working with educators on having the conversation and just the importance of being there. I say this all the time, just being there is so, so critical. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because the, my friend that I lost was not like a close, close friend, but he was a friend. And I remember somebody said, well, it's not like he was your boyfriend. Right. And I was like, well, what does that have to do with it? It was a friend. And to your point, it doesn't matter how we shouldn't be asking the question, how close they were. If if there's a sense of loss or a sense of just fear or something that comes about that, those are things that need to be addressed and, and helped. Right. I've noticed that people are extremely judgmental about other people's grief and loss. And it, if, if I could do one thing, it would be to help people just understand, like, you can't, you can't assess another person's loss. You can't gauge it. You can't, you know, you're, you're not allowed to tell somebody when it's time for them to move on or, or anything because everybody's grief journey is 100% unique. 
That's a beautiful way to put it. And I think it's also, you know, really in line with, you know, your name of the 1 million monarchs. You know, when I read that, I was like, okay, I totally get this from the caterpillar and what you're going through and what, how you're evolving, but to be able to fly and, and, you know, feel like you've come into a new level of being after this. I mean, it's just a beautiful analogy. And so did that, I'm assuming that came out of, because of your mom's book and how you brought that through to take it to fruition, to not just think about the caterpillar stage, but to think about how do you get to become the, the butterfly? Yes. Yes. My mother, um, was just really, um, fascinated by butterflies. She was an artist, so she would paint them all the time. And, um, she illustrated the book, um, that, that was published. And so butterflies to me were always a symbol. Um, my mom's birthday is in August and she passed in September, which is a very, very, um, busy time for butterflies. You see a lot of them. And so it was always my symbol to myself that my mom was near, um, and when I heard the statistic that um, there are 1.5 million bereaved children in, in the country today, so one in 14 kids will experience the death of a close loved one. I, I just thought, gosh, you know, I hope every single one of them, you know, has, has that sense that their loved one is nearby. And that's where 1 million monarchs came from. Wow, those are staggering numbers. And I think really important for us to hear. And I think one thing that makes me happy, it's going to be weird to say this, but happy that we are now talking much more about um, depression at all ages, um, but especially with youth and understanding when people are struggling on their own. But then if you add the addition of a loss of someone else, you know, that's a really scary time for especially teenagers who don't know how to figure out how to continue to live when somebody very close has gone to them. It's, there's just a lot of struggle with it. Thank God we're talking about it more openly, but there's clearly a lot of work we need to continue to do. Yes. Yes. And, and the, the loss of a parent or a sibling is the number one uh, biggest derailer of, of development because there's so much um, it, it, it has the potential to really derail a young person's development and just, um, yeah, I mean, the, there's even a statistic that if a, a child loses a parent to suicide, they are 10 times more likely to attempt suicide themselves. I mean, mm-hmm. you just think about these things and it's, it's not really something we think about unless it's like, it, if it hits close to home, we think, oh, wow, that's got to be really hard for that that child or that individual. Um, but it's important that we do something about it, that we look at it as an opportunity to intervene and to help keep those kids on track. Absolutely. I love, I love what you're doing. Um, Stacey, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor for the month and we will be right back. Top Dog Learning Group LLC is a leadership change management and diversity inclusion consulting firm based in Orlando, Florida, but with top doggers, aka consultants throughout North America and beyond. They focus on training programs, both virtual and face-to-face, keynotes and lunch and learns, group and one-on-one coaching, and off-the-shelf solutions. One such solution is their masterclass on the top three strategies to be resilient in times of change. This thoughtful self-paced online training will guide you through three tactics you can use immediately, not just to survive, but to thrive when change comes at you. Use the code RESIL50OFF for 50% off the program. 
just go to bit.ly forward slash 3A5MLS6 and enter the code RAZIL50OFF in all capitals to redeem your 50% off coupon. The link and code will be available in our show notes as well for easy access. Learn more today at topdoglearning.learningworlds.com. And we are back with Stacey Sassane. And we are talking about, you know, it, it's a tough subject, but I think it's an important one. And this month, my theme is caring for our communities. You know, what do you think this does for our communities if we are better prepared? Well, not preparing, but we're, we're more aware of and we're working with people within our community, um, especially our children, but all of us within our communities to help people process grief better. I think, you know, when I, when I was thinking about your show and shock your potential, and I was trying to really relate it to what I do, I think about the intervention that we're providing teenagers who are going through the hardest time in their life. The whole end game for me is to help them reach their full potential and make sure that they're not derailed by this loss. Of course, it's going to impact them the rest of their lives. Of course, there's, they're going to carry um, this loss with them forever, but I want to make sure that they continue to have dreams of going to college and that they actually go. I mean, I'm working with a family right now where it was touch and go if she was going to, you know, defer and not go to school. And, you know, part of my involvement was really getting the whole family to understand that she needed to go and she needed to to keep focused on her future. And um, so I think that is a really good example of like how, you know, we're helping to, you know, and who knows what they'll be able to accomplish and what they're going to become because of what they've been through. Yeah. And that's, it's a great point. I have a very near and dear friend and uh, she's my age and she just lost her husband suddenly last March. And, you know, so she's got three kids and one of them was getting ready to go to college. And it's, as you were talking, I was thinking about her and actually they're on their way to my side of the country right now, because her daughter decided to take a gap year and do a um, kind of a Christian outreach program. And so there's, you know, there's like courses and things to build upon who you are, but there's also a lot of mission work. And I was I was thinking, what a beautiful way to try and figure out what do I do if I'm not quite ready to go to college? Cause I can't, I'm not done processing all this, but I also don't want to sit home and feel sorry for myself. You know, I mean that to me, I know our mom's, you know, a little nervous about it too, but I think it's such a beautiful, beautiful way to still do something and move forward, but also acknowledge when there's still a lot of pain. Right. Absolutely. And, and I love that this young lady pivoted a little bit and did something that would fill her soul. I mean, that's really, I think my healing, my personal healing came when I started doing something about grief and started addressing it and helping others with it. And I grew so much myself. Um, So I love that she took that time to really assess what was important to her. And that's yeah. wonderful. And you're right. I think it's when you feel like things are out of your control because you lost somebody you didn't want to lose. You have to find ways in your life to feel like you have control because we do all have control, but it's really easy to feel like you don't have any at all. Right. 
Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're, our motto at One Million Monarchs is grow through what you go through. And oh. um, that's, uh, you know, we we try to practice that and, and really try to help others through what we've experienced ourselves. I love that. Grow through what you go through. That's so beautiful. It's kind of like, you know, make your mess, your, your, your mission or, you know, your message. And, <laughs> and absolutely, we have to, we have to figure out how to continue to grow during times when it feels like you can't or even stopped. Uh, Stacy, what a mission. Let me ask you one more question too, um, before we are near the end here. You know, when you work with schools and you are trying to get this message out, um, what kind of impact does that have? I mean, how, what, what ways do you interact with them to help? I mean, cause not all of them are going to have people experiencing loss, but there's a lot of things that we can learn in preparation that might help us to prepare. And it sounds like perhaps your book is, is a great tool for that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and our educators and our support staff at our schools are so overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Their caseloads are huge. And so I get calls probably daily now where I just have somebody who's like this, this individual needs help. I have so many hours in the day that I can help them. And so it helps to take a little bit off the plate of, of the schools, because it's, you know, they can't be the catch-all for everything. And so to be somebody that can partner with the schools to help them um, support their students is just really important to me. And I think really um, it's, a, it's appreciated. Like I'm really getting that feedback from the schools that they, they appreciate the help and being able to still support their student, but not have to be as hands-on. Well, and talk about having that be a community moment, you know, that's truly the full circle of, you know, how the community helps you, how you help the community and how that helps everybody heal. Yeah, definitely. Love it. Now, Stacey, we're going to have all of your contact information on our show notes, including links to your book, your mother's book, but I'm so glad you brought it to life. But just in case somebody wants to look you up right now, what's the best way for them to find you? Yeah. So, um, so there, so 1 million monarchs. So you can find us at www.1millionmonarchs. It's all spelled out.org. Um, that's for the nonprofit. And then um, www.epic-reboot.com is my personal one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching business. So I serve not just teenagers in that regard, but, but anybody who has experienced loss and looking to um, focus on a life transformation. Excellent. Well, Stacy, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? I think, you know, we're just in a time right now where there's a lot of people um, criticizing how the world is today. And I just want to encourage people to like, put up or you know what, <laughs> put up or shut up, I guess is kind of what I'm trying to say is that I was 20 years into a sales leadership career and decided that I wanted to do more, that I wanted to do something to help people. And you don't have to quit your job and start up a nonprofit. That was crazy. <laughs> so, but, um, but you so can volunteer, you can volunteer and you can support organizations that you believe in. And I think it just, it makes the world a better place to live in. I agree. And I love it. I love how you thought that, uh, you know, the F word is fine. I know you, I know you were playing with me, but uh, I love how you're like, you know, put up or you know what, you're very, you're adorable. 
I'm a very, <laughs> I'm, I'm very rated G. I'm very <laughs> That's pretty good. I like to keep uh, my guests at least PG. <laughs> Excellent, Stacy. Thank you so much. And uh, I just, I not only want to thank you for sharing what you're doing and sharing the beautiful story behind your book, your mother's book. I think that's incredible. Um, but also for just reminding us how important it is and how okay it is to reach out for help when you're in a point of grief. And not only will that be beneficial to you, but you'll probably be surprised by what people uh, um, give in return for just saying, I need a lifeline. So your message is very well, well uh, received today. Thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and Sales Mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.